Hello and welcome to the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. Good evening, my name is Kevin. Uh, I'm super excited to bring you this very special episode of the Imperial Wrestling Podcast because we are talking about tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling. Okay, either you love it, you hate it, or you could care less. What's so important to keep in mind about tag team wrestling is it does have a dynamic and it does have a place within the sport entertainment of professional wrestling. So without further ado, without any further delay, I'm really looking forward to some very healthy discussion on what is tag team wrestling. On Wednesday, April 1st, 2020, we're going to be talking about the Road Warriors. That segment is huge. If you're following me on Twitter, please cast your votes. Let me know what you think of the Road Warriors. If you have any insight that you want me to bring up on the podcast, this is your time to shine. Reach out to me. You can send me a tweet. You can send me an email at the Imperial Wrestling Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. So there's no excuses here. Do not get disqualified. In order to win the title, you must win by submission and or pinfall. So give yourself the opportunity to weigh in on a discussion, to weigh in on a debate. Let your voice be heard on the most intelligent professional wrestling podcast, the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. So when we get together this coming Wednesday night at 7, I cannot wait. We're going to be talking about the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, however you reference to them. However, I don't care. They are the Road Warriors to me. And what a storybook tale, if you will, the Road Warriors have. There's so much information. I'm going to make an entire segment specifically about them, their history, their story, the role they have in my personal life, uh, the role that they played in professional wrestling. It's going to be a great topic. So I came across an article, and I got to give credit to Sports Illustrated. They did the top 50 best tag team of all time. Some of these tag teams are still active today, some are not. And the reason I'm going to roll through these 50 teams is I want you to analyze and dissect because you are an intelligent audience. You take professional wrestling to a whole nother plateau, like one that's not understood. Like there's news outlooks, you know, you have your local news, you have your national news. Well, look, this is intelligent wrestling news. We think about things here. We use our brain. And there is so much going on right now in pro wrestling because it's the only show in town right now. So without further ado, let's talk about this. Sports Illustrated said these are the top 50 teams. They started off as number 50 to Bushwhackers. Um, if you want to say anything about them and send me a tweet, great. Uh, Bushwhackers, yeah, they left their mark in the WWF days. Uh, then they have the superpowers, okay? You could say some things about them, you know, like Dusty Road, Nikita Koloff, 
1980s. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there. Number 48, Gold Dust and Booker T. Hmm. Booker T with anybody is pretty flipping cool. And Gold Dust, the guy who is Gold Dust is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I love the character a whole lot, but that's number 48. Number 47, they have the Blade Runners. Okay, you've got to think about the Blade Runners. Not everybody really knows who they were. Um, so I want my fans to weigh in on that, okay? You got Sting and the Ultimate Warrior, okay? Blade Runners. Very interesting dynamic. Cultivated in 1985. Number 46, we have Doom. I love Doom. Ron Simmons, I still think, uh, is an extremely talented guy. Super good wrestler, I felt like. I liked him. You know, there's some history with him winning the, in uh, WCW, winning the heavyweight championship title. If I'm not mistaken, he was the first African-American champion that the WCW had. Um, So, some neat stories there. Number 45. Yeah, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Um, you guys can add to that. The New Day. Uh, you either love them, you hate them. I don't know your position on them, but they came in at number 44. Number 43, they have the Mega Powers. You know, we just did a whole episode on Randy Macho Man Savage. Um, so, of course, I, I for sure like half of the mega powers uh your position on hulk hogan um is your position uh he did leave his mark in pro wrestling he has an undeniable influence on professional wrestling and he may always have that power of persuasion his mark is left in pro wrestling number 42 you have the brothers of destruction the whole deal with Kane and The Undertaker. Interesting dynamic. I, I think it was more of a way the WWF proven that they're not the same guy. I don't know. Please fill me in with your thoughts. Number 41, the world's greatest tag team. Self-proclaim. Number 40, Beer Money. I like those guys. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Um, let's see where that goes. Number 39, Money Inc. I think it was Ted DiBiase and the gimmick that uh, Mike Rotundo was using as the IRS, Irwin R. Scheister, or something like that. I feel bad because a lot of guys in that era had to have this gimmick. He may have been really outstanding wrestler um, if they could have just wore like tights and boots and done their thing, who they are more organically if you will but they were pushed so hard to have a gimmick and a character like wrestling became secondary the entertainment value became primary and the art of wrestling became an afterthought um so a lot of good guys i feel like and again this is my personal opinion got lost in the shuffle when they were forced to identify 
in that way, in that regard, it kind of took away from the art. Number 38, the fabulous ones. I like the fabulous ones. You know, typical 80s, 1980s wrestling rocker team. Um, you know, you had the bleach blonde hair and the party boy profile. A couple other guys in that era that you can kind of relate with them. But you got to keep in mind, it was Stan Lane, Steve Kern. They had like that Chip and Dale thing going. They were good wrestlers. An interesting dynamic. 37, the natural disasters. You even got good old Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. Giant megaphone. Two giant guys. I think it was Earthquake and Typhoon were the two guys' names. Huge guys. Um, yeah. Uh, number 36, Team Hell No. Uh, you have to like them. Um, or I hear people saying, hell no, no fun intended. No, I mean, it, it, kind of a neat dynamic, you know. Daniel Bryan with anybody, he's an elevator. He's a natural promoter. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if Kane really needs it. You know, his mark is left in a WWE. Like him, not like him. Think he was a great wrestler. Don't think he's a great wrestler. I, I don't know. His mark is left. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I think, is a wrestler. Uh, so it's an interesting dynamic. Number 35, The Shield. Okay. Really didn't even want to bring this team up. I, I feel like anything that Roman Reigns is involved with comes with some form of controversy. And it's so forced that I almost feel bad for Roman, in a way. Um, I mean, the guy's overcome cancer and... Now he's getting some criticism with the COVID-19 stuff that's going on. You can't blame the guy. His immune system's weakened. He's got a family to think about. I don't know. I Maybe acting or um, some sort of drama might be better fitting for him. To be a wrestler, you, you, you grind it out. If you've seen what the guys have to go through on the independent scene... And all the things that those guys are exposed to and the very, very small amount of money that they make and the need to keep a part-time job or maybe a full-time job even, it's not easy. It's not glorified. It's not this overly dignified and it's certainly not highly respected. Um, those guys are grassroots wrestlers that go through everything to get to the top and nothing is handed to them. Do some of them catch a break? Absolutely. But in order to catch the break, what they go through is unbelievable. It's it's an effort that we can relate to as blue-collared workers trying to climb your way up to the top, trying to make your name in the industry that you choose to be in, trying to uh, give yourself hopes and aspirations and dreams. And that's what these guys have to go through. They go through real grunt work to get to the top. Um, so I think that's what Roman is so controversial about. And the Shield is, uh, what tag team do you take? Do you take Seth Rollins? Do you take, uh, well, now he's known as John Moxie. You know, how do you, what aspect of the three-man thing do you give it number 35? I don't know. I spent too much time on that. Then you have the Rock and Sock connection, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for what Mankind did. To me, he was always going to be Cassius Jack. 
Um, I thought he was phenomenal as Cactus Jack. I think Mankind was more of a sellout role for him. Uh, I don't want to get too into it because that's another topic. We got uh, Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher coming in at number 33. Number 32, SI has the Young Bucks. I don't know. I think they should have been maybe ranked higher than that. Uh, especially with the influence, the influence alone that they they have on professional wrestling. Whether you like the AEW, whether you like New Japan, whether you like ROH, whether you like independent or not, the Young Bucks are originators. They are cultivators. They are uh, dream chasers and makers. So to me, they're a very unique tag team. I like some of the things that Matt and Nick do. Um, um, I like some of the moves that they invent and some of the innovation that they bring. Um, I would have ranked them a little higher than that, but this is Sports Illustrated. We're just using this as a platform for the ultimate discussion that's going to happen on April 1st on the episode where we talk about the Road Warriors. Number 31, we got the Hollywood Blondes. Um, I have to tell you, like, stunning Steve Austin. Um, like, we all know him as Stone Cold, okay? When he was stunning Steve Austin in the WCW, um, when he still had a head of hair, his fundamental wrestling, again, wrestling between the rope, where the most intelligent wrestling fans understand the technical skill that Steve had, not that they were diminished in the WWF, but his aura, his personality became larger than life beyond the ropes. And we have this discussion all the time. His efforts then became beating up Vince McMahon and drinking beer, not showing the world how great of a wrestler he was between the ropes. And the WCW, he was making a name for himself. I'm sure Jim Ross will tell you that he was perhaps one of the more talented wrestlers he's ever seen. I'm, I'm confident he would say that. I remember listening to his commentary uh, with Tony Schiavone and the WCW, and they were in awe with stunning Steve Austin's ability. Um, and Brian Pillman, when he came in as flying Brian Pillman, um, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, before he went crazy and insane and wherever else he went, I thought that was kind of a neat team. So, so does Sports Illustrated. Apparently, they... Uh, Put him at number 31. Los Guerreros. Uh, it's really hard for me to talk about them right now. Um, especially just watching the more recent Dark Side of the Ring documentary on the whole Chris Benoit. Uh, I just keep that family in prayer. And uh, they hold a special place in my heart. Um, I Especially listening to Chavo and how honest he was with some of his uh, segments that were shared along with Chris Jericho. Uh, some interesting stuff. Um, let's keep it on tag team wrestling here. The Steiner brothers. Okay. The, before Scott Steiner became Big Papa Pump and roided up and everything, um, Rick and Scott Steiner were a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun. Number 28, The Funks. You know, especially guys that uh, remember the history of Terry Funk and Dory Funk. 
some crazy bloody matches with uh, involving Abdullah the Butcher. Definitely some really cool old school wrestling stuff there. Number 27, they have Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. Number 26, they have the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Number 25, you know, we got the Rockers with uh, Marty Jannetty and, of course, Shawn Michaels. Uh, very uh, early parts of Shawn's career. He had a full head of hair. Um, they were fun to watch, you know. I grew, I grew up watching a lot of, uh, like, rock and roll, long hair, rocker guys. So their look was not overly innovated. Um, one of the typical things you saw in tag team wrestling in that era. Uh, you really saw the abilities that Sean had uh, when he stepped away and went more on his own throughout wrestling. Number 24, the fabulous Kangaroos. Number 23, uh, I'm going to give some credit to, we have The Demolition. So, to me, I always thought, as a kid, The Demolition was the WWF way of having the Road Warrior. Like, uh, they had face paint, they were rugged-looking, two big guys, spikes and black leather, things like that. I kind of always felt like they were um, like a decoy of the Road Warriors, and and maybe that prevented the demolition from getting the props and the praises they may have been worthy of for their abilities. But again, you got to remember that era in the WWF is all about your gimmick. Maybe not so much as change, but you had to have a Walt Disney-like character to um, be recognized almost in wrestling. I don't know. Yeah, Mr. Fuji, Professor Tanaka. And they have in at 22. Uh, Mr. Fuji's had an interesting career. That'd be a, a lot of stuff I'd like to talk about. And Tanaka was a powerhouse for sure. Miracle Violence Connection came in at 21. Um, these guys rolled around back and forth WCW, NWA. Um, Bam Bam and uh, Dr. Death. They were just vicious, is the best way I can describe that to you guys. Number 20 at the Russian team. Again, I feel like that was kind of like a, a three-man deal. And they made into a two-man type of thing. I think they're involved with some six-man championship stuff, too. Um, you know, Ivan Kolov, Nikita Kolov. I mean, Ivan and Nikita. I think Nikita's doing some stuff at the NWA now. I've got a verify that. I'm pretty sure. I think I've seen him on an episode of NWA Power recently. They got num- Sports Illustrated's got number 19, the Blackjacks. Number 18, the New Age Outlaws. Number 17, Harlem Heat. I love Harlem Heat. Um, in the early 90s, when I was a huge WCW fan, um, I really liked the way they were portrayed on national TV. Um, I like the colors. I like the abilities, especially that uh, Booker T was bringing. Man, I, I thought they were fun to watch. Um, great tag team. Number 16, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Definitely reminds me of my younger days in wrestling. They were the WWS answer to making like a hateable 
dislike villain in Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And you think of pop culture, there's no way you can deny it in pro wrestling. In pop culture, you at that time, it was Cold War stuff, you know, and hated the Russians. And he didn't like the... Uh, Iranians either because they the sheiks had the oil and you know there's some political controversy and it was just a good way to create this an American feud if you will so I don't really know how good of the wrestling abilities were of Sheik and Volkov because they're too busy again filling in their character work I, I don't know if they how, I mean I've seen a couple Sheik matches you know and Nikolai Volkov matches. I, I don't know if they were super awesome between the ropes or not. Maybe some of my older fans may have some footage or seen them before they became more character work in WWF. If you do, please fill me in. Educate me. Because after all, we do have the most intelligent wrestling audience. Number 15 came in with the Brain Busters. Um, which, you know, to me is kind of like... Uh, I don't know, Bobby Heenan kind of inherited all the NWA, WCW guys and broke them up somehow from the Four Horsemen. And, you know, we talked about before in episode one when we discussed the Four Horsemen and the uh, Undisputed Era, especially with some of the compare and contrast. We we mentioned a lot about Tully Branchard and uh, Arn Anderson. So when they come to the WWF, they're the brain busters and... You know, Bobby Heenan kind of became the voice of the Brain Busters, and they were fun to watch. You know, they brought so many attributes that they had from wrestling in more of a technical wrestling type of league, uh, and they come into a more of a colorful character league, and, and they bring some fundamental wrestling, which is always a, a positive thing, especially for me being a wrestling fan. Then you got the British Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith, I mean, how could you not like them? Um, great wrestlers. Big wrestling family. Number 13, the Vallant Brothers. And number 12, the Wild Samoans. I, you know, seems like there's always some kind of Samoan guy in WWE that's eating fish. Or raw fish, that is, you know. Then you got the, Bis- the Briscoe Brothers, which, uh, I mean, how do you not like the, the Briscoes? Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. And the ROH. I mean, a ton of fun. And they're making a name for themselves. Number 10, Sports Illustrated's got the Von Erics. Number 9, they got the Fabulous Freebirds. Number 8, the Midnight Express. Um, everybody liked the Midnight Express when I was growing up as a kid. Um, you know, anything, anytime you got like Jim Cornette, Magnum TA, um, I love Bobby Eaton. I think he was called Beautiful Bobby Eaton at that time. It's fun. Uh, they were good wrestlers. I don't think Beautiful Bobby ever said a word. He was very quiet. Number seven, SI's got the Hardy Boys. I mean, you really can't have a discussion about tag teams without including the Hardy Boys. Um, and I'd like to kind of save some of the materials that I have on them for a future podcast. So um, I'm going to give them their props. Uh, they're highly influential. I, I agree they should be on the list. Number six, the Outsiders. It, it, I mean, again, uh, what what do you think when you got Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and you, you 
I mean, there's so much stuff that kind of goes back and forth to WCW, WWF days, and it's a lot to think about because it's the Outsiders, NWO, I mean, a lot of weird, it, like, movement between leagues or federations, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, but they're definitely, you have to mention them. So, they made it, I agree. Number five was Dudley Boys. I mean, liked them, disliked them. Yeah, they need prop. They were fun to watch. I like the stuff that they did more in the ECW. Um, I, I think that was natural to the type of wrestling that they did and enjoyed doing, it seemed like. Um, I like them. I'm glad they made the list. Number four, Rock and Roll Express. Okay. I, I wish they would just retire, okay? Because as a kid watching them wrestle... I thought they were a lot of fun. As a 40-year-old man now watching them wrestle and they look like senior citizens in the NWA, um, you're, you're killing me here, guys. Like, go out how I remember you being on top. Um, when your time is up and you serve your tenure, make the best of it then. It's very difficult, I feel like, for wrestlers to perform at this extremely high level when they're well beyond their prime. You could be a few years outside the box and still be good. I think examples of that, we see it. We've seen it in Ric Flair. We sort of see it, uh, and people are going to be emailing me and sending me hate mail, but you see it in Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is at the end of his tenure. His conditioning is different. Um, his experience is invaluable for the AEW. Um, the things, His contribution beyond his ring work now is invaluable. And I think that's sort of what the Rock and Roll Express need to do. They need to figure out a way to insert themselves a little bit differently. And I didn't want to get long-winded in that topic. Number three, they have the Heart Foundation. Of course. How could you not love the Heart Foundation? They were awesome. I still love when Nightheart would grab a guy and Bret Hart would fly off the ropes and deliver that clothesline. I don't know what made it more different. Maybe because Nightheart was holding the guy a little bit higher up. But it was cool. I love the Heart Foundation. A part of me wishes the Heart Foundation, there was like a Heart Foundation-like team now. They were fun to watch. I, I love the laugh that Jim the Anvil Nightheart had. Number two, they got Edge and Christian. Um, if you got into them, great. You got into them. Um, and I know there's a lot of major Edge and Christian fan. Uh, even my daughter, who was not a huge wrestling fan, but she loved Edge and Christian. Uh, so they bring a different dynamic. I, I like what they did, too. Um, they were fun to watch. And they kind of had this uh, aura. And they put some sugar coat on wrestling that was different than other guys have, have done. Um, number one, this is the whole point of this podcast. The Legion of Doom slash the Road Warriors, Sports Illustrated, consider them the number one tag team of all time. So the whole reason for me having to make this half-hour introductory segment was to let you know that Sports Illustrated even views them as the best tag team of the 50 that they gave. And all of tag team throughout all the history thus far that we have witnessed and been part of in pro wrestling. 
to me, that's a really huge deal. This isn't coming from like PW Torch. This is not coming from uh, a WWF magazine or WWE magazine or uh, the WWE network. This is not coming from any kind of wrestling promo. This is coming from Sports Illustrated. Um, That's huge. So the amount of material that we're going to have when we talk exclusively about the Road Warriors, it's going to be fun, guys. But I wanted to give you some sort of point of reference that goes outside of wrestling in Sports Illustrated, and they have them as number one. Um, You can check it out on SI.com. I think it's backslash top 50 tag teams of all time. Good read, and it's fun. Uh, And we basically did a recap on that to solidify and to identify and to kind of raise the bar to reveal that the Road Warriors are totally, as my kids would say, the bomb.com. And we're going to talk about that on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, on the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. And we're going to talk about the things that they did, their story going through, and how things ended for them. Um, Very fun, very fascinating, and very solid material. So thanks for listening to this segment on the Top 50 Tag Team and uh, my rant a little bit about each one of these guys. But trust me, don't miss it Wednesday. This is your chance to vote on Twitter. This is your chance to give me some information before the podcast. This is your moment to really be crowned a champion, at least here in the IWP, the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I want to thank my audience. I want to thank my fans. Thank you for this very special edition of Tag Team Wrestling. We are going to talk about so much on Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. My name is Kevin from the Imperial Wrestling Podcast. Good night.